Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bristnet.com, PredictiveForm.com preview podcast. It's been a while, but we're coming back on a big week. Breeders' Cup pre-entries out on Wednesday. Danny Zucker and I are going to talk about uh, some of our stronger opinions, uh, whether that's for or against certain horses. You'll have to listen and find out. But an absolute blockbuster card, uh, cards awaiting betters next Friday and Saturday at Santa Anita Park. Uh, four races, four Breeders' Cup races on Friday, ending with the Breeders' Cup Distaff, one of the best editions of that race I can uh, remember, and nine championship races on Saturday, uh, led by such superstars as California Chrome in the Classic, Flinchar in the Turf, Aiden O'Brien has 13 pre-entries, uh, lots of uh, different angles to discuss, uh, not least of which, of course, or how to use uh, the numbers found at predictiveform.com and the patterns they represent uh, to handicap these world-class races. Uh, one thing we'll also touch on and we'll get into next week uh, as we discuss certain races in particular is uh, European handicapping. Of course, we don't have BristNet speed ratings. Uh, we don't have predictiveform uh, pace numbers for the European races, uh, but both Danny and I, uh, very in tune with uh, European form and how to handicap it relative to the American horses. So we'll get Danny's take on that for sure. Uh, and without further ado, we'll bring Danny on now. Danny, good to have you back. Nice to be back, Ed. Nice to be back. All right, yeah, we uh, took a, a little bit of a, of a hiatus, but we're hoping to, to fresh uh, fire fresh off the layoff for the Breeders' Cup. And uh, certainly uh, to me, a lot of hyperbole about how great uh, this year's edition is shaping up to be, and I am buying into the hype. I think this is one of the, the best Breeders' Cups, at least on paper, leading into the races. I can remember. What's your take? Yeah, without without a doubt, and, and I was just looking over Friday. I know we're going to talk a bit about Friday and Saturday, but the, um, the Distaff is an incredible race this year. I think it's the best race on the card. Uh, of the two, I mean, yeah, maybe not with the not not with the classic, but it's a hell of a race, and even even some of the two-year-old races, which we'll talk about, are pretty stocked as well as the mile. So, yeah, it's been. I read an article that Bob Baffert said, you know, what do you and I know? When Bob Baffert says it's the best Breeders' Cup he's seen, that tells you something. Yeah, he's he's been a part of plenty of them with some good horses. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you on the distaff. I mean, I, I think. Uh, Horse flesh-wise, yeah, the better horses are probably in the, the turf and the classic. I mean, I'm not going to say anyone in the distaff necessarily better than Chrome and, and Arrogate. But no. uh, to me, from an, an intrigue standpoint with Songbird taking on her elders, and for those mm-hmm. who maybe think Songbird uh, is all dressed up with no place to go against the older fillies and mares, it's a tremendous wagering opportunity. She's going to be... South Great. of three to two for sure, maybe as low as mm-hmm. even money. Going to be big prices on horses any other year. Uh, you know, if this were last year and Stellar Wind had run the campaign she's had, she would have been a huge favorite in the distaff. Uh, and the same sure. goes for, for a lot of these, even Forever Unbridled. So uh, I'm with you. Um, we haven't really talked about our schedule next week, but just to let people know what to expect, uh, this will be more of a survey, uh, hit some of the, you know, superstar horses and how they fit or don't fit if we think they're underlays 
uh, next week uh, we'll, we'll be back uh, once the races are drawn with some earnest, uh, you know, more wagering strategy and handicapping the field type stuff. Uh, obviously, we won't get through all 13 races today, uh, but there are some big names uh, to get to. Uh, any other general thoughts before we jump in? I mean, I'm prepared to talk about Friday, and we can get into Saturday next week. I know you and I are going to be at the Breeders' Cup, so if we find some time in between whatever else we're doing, maybe we can do a podcast. And I'm seriously considering doing a webinar next week. Uh, More to come on that. All right, excellent. Uh, Yeah, well, Friday's races, uh, there's only four. Uh, There's a blog on on Twin Spires, which I'll throw into the, the comments here, but I wrote about how uh, the value in the multi-race wager seems to be more prevalent on Saturday. There's been some underlays versus the parlay more often on Friday than on Saturday. And uh, there's some big favorites uh, lined up uh, for Friday's races. Uh, Two of the races are for juveniles on the turf, open, and then the Philly race. And uh, I mentioned that, you know, even though Brisnet doesn't have speed ratings for the European horses, Predictive Mm -hmm. Form doesn't have pace figures, uh, you're used to handicapping the Euros. You've run some turf horses. I'm sure you've had to look uh, at Euro form uh, when assessing how your own Philly and Mare's uh, chances are against them. How do you approach these races uh, and use the numbers as a complement to what you do to handicap European horses? Sure, and it's a good question. The, the move that I make when I'm looking at two-year-olds, whether they be the Phillies or the Colts, is look at the dam. I like to look at the dam, and I like to look at the production of the siblings of each of the starters. And I'll take a deeper look at those siblings. I'll look at the grand dam. But I like to see on the female side how similar horses from similar families do. I believe that the odds are baked in. The odds already include the sire, I think the betting odds already include the jockey for the most part and the trainer. So if you're going to get an edge, you're not going to get it by picking a trainer. You're not going to get it by picking a jockey because everybody knows those things and they're already baked to the odds. I mean, it's not to say that you're not going to catch Chad Brown at eight to one or a a top jockey at that price, but for the most part, you're not going to get any more, let's say value. You know, there's, what do you call it at an underlay? You're not going to find any in that kind of a, a, a case. So when I went through these families, and I, it took about two hours to just get through the, uh, uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, which is the first race we can talk about. And, we, and I can talk to you about pretty much every one of these um, dams. But, but really, you know, top to bottom, it's an interesting field. And I, I think, um, you know, the, the one horse that is interesting, I guess the horse that caught my eye the most purely from a breeding perspective, Ed, is Made You Look. And the reason why Made You Look caught my eye from a breeding perspective is, um, you know, she's by night and day, which, um, you know, doesn't doesn't mean much to anything and didn't do much on the tracker with Sibs. However, the grand dam of uh, Night and Day, or the grand dam of Made You Look, the dam of Night and Day, it's Serena's song. And... Uh, she was probably one of the more prolific grand dams, and she ran twice in the Breeders' Cup. Um, she ran second twice in the Breeders' Cup, while two other progeny in the family ran second and third, respectively, in the Breeders' Cup. So when I talk about a horse that's bred to be competitive in the Breeders' Cup, it starts and stops with made you look. Uh 
one, and she's, and that's uh, good to, to point out uh, the pedigree there because you know certainly is as you know or you haven't noted, but initially um, <laughs> <predictable>. <laughs> I'm going to note it. Uh, you know she has the two slow designation, but these are the type of races. Right. Um, you know, getting finding the right uh, variables for them uh, with the pedigree is important, and uh, like you said, you. Looking for the right price, uh, and Todd Pletcher has done it before. He yep. he has won this race, so uh, and to I me that's say, important. And well, uh, let me finish I would say, that thought there. Go ahead, you finish, Ed. Yeah, um, you know the the Europeans definitely have a positive reputation with the Breeders' Cup turf races. Um, to me, though, we see a lot more of that with the older horses. These two-year-old races, Americans have done very well. Pletcher's won. Chad Brown's won with Lady Eli. Stephanie's mm-hmm. Kitten won, uh, who later was trained by Chad Brown, but at the time wasn't uh, as a two-year-old. Uh, so to me, uh, the American form is, is a little more valuable for the two-year-olds than, say, you know, when we talk about the Saturday races next week. So, and I'll, I'll just make a comment about Made You Look's figures, and we can talk about a couple of these. But if you look at Made You Look's pace figures, he's got regressing four furlong figures while increasing final figures while increasing distance. And that's exactly what you want to see with a turf runner. So the shorter they're going, the faster their four furlongs are. The longer they're going, the slower they should be while the final time should be increased. It's like a perfect – it's exactly what you would hope to see in a, a, a young turf horse stretching out. Right, so she's go, he's going from five to six to eight and a half. The final figures are going from seventy-one to seventy-three to seventy-three and a half, while his four fig, four, four furlong figures are um, regressing. So you could see that his his turf spread, which is the difference between the final and four furlong figure, is really opening up. It's like fifteen right now. So seventy-three and a half final figure to a fifty-eight point four four furlong figure means the horse is learning to rate himself. Horse is closing. You have this family behind him. You have a top trainer in Todd Pletcher. Now, I looked up online on Odds Checker, and I think Made You Look was maybe 8 to 1 morning line. Is that right, Ed? Yes, I was, I was thinking she'd be no less than 6 to 1. So right. So 8 four, sounds five, right for, for this time. Yep. And I'm going to point out so, so, with in addition to Made You Look, and I made notes on every one of these horses, um, and I can just run through them real early. You know, just really quickly point out a couple things interesting. If you don't hear me mention a horse, that means there was not, nothing interesting in the family. I would mention favorable outcome uh, has a graded, place, graded stakes place sister um, that ran a 70 on the dirt and ran second to Songbird. So favorable outcome is probably, <clears throat> you know, it's got that family there. Good Samaritan, um, and you could talk about, the Good Samaritan race, which you have to watch. It's a fast final figure, but he switched leads late in the lane. Did, did you notice that, Ed? I mean, he literally, if you ever want to watch a horse switch a lead, like move from the strong side to the weak side, you should watch this horse because he switched over to the left lead um, in the middle of the stretch, and he should be on the right, really look like he got tired. I think that, that could be a sign um, of regression forthcoming with him. I'm not surprised if he regresses, Ed, because he's got that 76 number at Woodbine, which is really fast. Um, is he going to be the favorite? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think he's a beatable favorite. And then if you look at Lancaster Bomber. Is Lancaster Bomber in? 
Yes. So Lancaster Bombers got two siblings that are both millionaires and another one that are in 500K. All three of these earned black type in England, Ireland, and India, respectively. However, none ran well at two. So when I'm looking at history, I'm not only looking at each runner, but then I'm going back and look at the PPs of each runner because I want to know if these horses can run at two or run at three. So Lancaster Bomber becomes interesting. Obviously, Oscar performance, a full brother to Oscar nominated, and ran a, a pace low while wiring the field. Um, uh, Ticonderoga, Dam ran third in the Breeders' Cup and won a million dollars, but a uh, uh, late developer. So there's probably four or five in here that look look pretty interesting to me, not only from a figure perspective, but also from a, a breeding perspective. Well, and I, I'm going to mention one uh, you didn't get to, but who I'm hoping uh, gets into the, the field. He's on the outside looking in right now, but uh, Harbor Master, to me, uh, ran in England, came over here for James Cassidy, uh, mm-hmm. all sorts of trouble uh, when finally finally free in the Zuma Beach and uh, just was out of time, but passed a lot of horses late. And second-time Lasix, to me, can be more powerful than first-time Lasix. Uh, so Harbor Master is one, if he draws in, uh, is definitely going to get a, get, get a long look for me. Uh, with some experience over the course, and I, I think he'd be a, a huge price. So uh, that's one I would point out. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I didn't take a look at – I didn't have the time or the energy to start looking at horses that weren't in um, because that would have taken a – you know, that's a whole responsibility. No, I, I mean, understand. I was all over this – I was all over this horse, Boynton, Boynton um, uh, who was supposed to run but decided not to. Uh he, she's a, he's actually a sib to Constitution, um, and was sneaking in from Europe. and And I know the trainer has said that he wanted him to go long. But it, but in any case, the the thing and and just I'll, let me just zip through the figures here, Ed, and I'll tell you like Big Score. I'll point out both Big Score and the other one that we just mentioned from Woodbine, um, uh, Good Samaritan. Those both figures, final figures, look real toppy to me. I mean, Big Score ran almost 78 in his third lifetime start on the dirt. That's too fast. I mean, I, the horse has to regress off that figure. I mean, if you're betting fastest last figure, that's the horse, right? I, I don't know what his morning line is going to be, Ed. Uh, yeah, I would think he'll be like eight, eight to one as well. Yeah, I'm, it's a tough. It's tough. I, I would think that you're not going to run faster than 77. I will tell you though, and I, I posted this up on the site. What what won last year? Final figures that won last year. I'm just pulling it up now. Uh, yeah, and we're, I'll have to pull that link for the comments as well. I just popped on to Oz yeah. Checker, uh, and uh-huh. for, for those listening, uh, a fantastic resource. Uh, great, for great our races that. Yeah, if if our races have international horses in it, it's great. And if you like playing international races, it's great. But uh, big score, uh, seven to ten to one with various wow. books overseas. So uh, yeah, I would say probably eight to one here. Ed, last year the juvenile turf was one. Uh, final figure was sixty-eight, sixty-seven. <laughs> and you okay. know the juvenile affiliate turf group. Do you know who won the Philly turf last year? Uh, let's see. Uh, catch a glimpse. Yeah, and ran 67. So this is a much faster mm-hmm. group, but I point out, and I, I 
pull that number in, they're going to run faster than that here because it's a better group. But 77 is too fast, Ed. That is just – there's going to be regression with big score, and along with regression, you know, I'm hoping he attracts a lot of money, which, which I think he will because from a figure perspective, he's fast. Right, and uh, he'll, he'll get the local money, too. He's, he's the winner of the local prep will certainly help, uh, no doubt. And uh, Flavian Pratt's been right great, so he'll probably attract some dough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it'll be pretty now, so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm moving the pools in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, well, uh, from an open race on the, the wagering board to one that's uh, very likely not to be uh, with a very obvious favorite, uh, and granted, Gunrunner uh, is going to the likely for the classic. Bradister is out, uh, which only helps uh, or hurts Dortmund's price, depending on how you feel about mm-hmm. him. Uh, but certainly one of the ones uh, to take money in this group. And uh, really, the, the dirt mile goes through him, or it doesn't. But he's certainly the focal point of, of how you yeah. handicap the race. And what do you make of him? So. <clears throat> Let me uh, hang on a second. Just getting there. So I was speaking. Do you know John Doyle? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just chatting with John, and he pointed out something to me that I had been thinking about, which I want to repeat now because I think it's pertinent. you know, there was no real reason for Baffert to put in Dortmund against Chrome in the awesome again. Um, I mean, he could have done a lot of different things with him, with that horse. And if you look at the spacing there, it was kind of an awkward spacing off an August 20 race. I mean, uh, you know, you might have come back a, a tighter tighter time period than that. But, but in any case, the idea that maybe Dortmund went into the awesome again to soften up Chrome a little bit, is reasonable. So if that's the case, you know, and, and Bob is really smart and, you know, and he has his eye on the prize in both of these races. Um, I, I just don't know what to do with that kind of race. And if, if he comes back and runs like um, a similar race to that, I, I think he's definitely beatable. I'm not, I'm not like thrilled about him by any means. Um, you know, and once you sort of get your teeth kicked in a couple times, Ed, and you get your heart ripped out, it's a little tough to come back from that. Now, obviously, it's going to be an even money choice or what, less than even money? Oh, yeah, I think he'll be four to five. Four to, yeah, four to five. Really, that's short? Oh, yeah. With yeah he'll, he'll be out of time. Wait, is Run Happy going in the race? Yeah, he is, but you know the the shines off. Uh, if if Run Happy had won, I'd say we'd be looking at co-favorites. Uh-huh. That ack ack for Run Happy was so dreadful, and this, yeah. you know, not that Maria Burrell has has been a paragon of virtue since she was relieved of her duties, and you know all that's happened since uh-huh. the horse won the Breeders' Cup Sprint. But I keep going back to Laura Woolers was the trainer of record when Run Happy started his career and he won at Turfway on pure talent. He was green, right. he you know, refused to load. I mean it was as unprofessional a start as you can imagine. And not that Turfway's the major leagues, but 
you know, there, there's an expectation. I mean, these are real horsemen for the most part, and it was embarrassing, frankly. And they ran them uh, in the LeCompte after that, seeing if, you know, maybe get them on the Derby Trail, and uh-huh. it, it was ugly. I mean, this, this was a horse who was not prepared, and uh-huh. that was these connections. And uh, after that ACAC, I just have to – I have tremendous respect for Run Happy. I, I think he's on true on talent only. He might be the best horse in training, but I can't ignore who the connections are. And and you know I thought he was invincible in the ACAC, and he looked awful. Um, I, I'm I I'm not playing him to hit the board. You're fantastic. You're really on today. I mean I'm in awe of the way you just communicated that. In awe. I I would tell you this. Uh, and, <laughs> And going back to Dortmund, because um, while you were on your rant, I was looking a little bit deeper into his figures. He's got a cyclical pace stop. Uh, I think, were you and I talking about the cyclical pace stop? Maybe I was talking to John about it. Anyway, when Kerry devised or came up with his form cycle patterns, and he looked at 150,000 races over 10 years, and he came up with these occurrences, the cyclical, cyclical pace stop um, – I don't think was correctly uh, identified as to what it is. So, so really, the explanation of a CPT is an older horse, so four and up, has a layoff. It races twice, and in its second race back, before the third race, uh, he runs a new pace top. For... Uh, um, but for only his last 10 races or her last 10 races. So it's like a 10-race new pace top combined with third start off a layoff. That's when you capture lightning in a bottle with the cyclical pace top, and that's it. Otherwise, I look at it as a a negative designation, and Dortmund is on it. And I will tell you now, and you and I talked about this earlier, the only CPT that correctly fits the format, which is third start off a layoff, uh, is Keen Ice in the classic and we'll talk about that next week but keen ice is absolutely on my ticket to hit the board in that race and you're going to get a big big price on him all right well uh the top two choices unquestionably unquestionably will be dortmund and run happy we've uh stated uh-huh. our cases against each separately uh real quick point piper top contender and value plays new yep. pace top uh is he your play well i mean I would say <laughs> Point Piper I'm going to use that that he ran a double top at Emerald Downs and Emerald Downs is like a very fast hard track it's like the inner dirt at Aqueduct so I wasn't surprised to see him come back and uh not run nearly I mean he ran pretty competitively but he didn't run as well he probably got beat up um and it's a short rest there is a new pace top there so it does look interesting. You've got to go back and look at the horse's new pace top improvement into Emerald Downs. I think Point Piper is definitely worth a, a, a shot at hitting the board. And then the other horse that might be worth using underneath, and there's no long shot here, is uh, Tamarco's. Your thumbs up on him or thumbs down? No, I think to, I think to hit the board, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, gotcha. pretty consistent yeah, figures no, there. Um I didn't know with Texas Chrome, hopefully the name's going to get a lot of action. And who was the horse last year that we talked about from Remington Park? There was a horse that um, had a really long name. Um, 
Yeah, he was in the sprint, right? Yeah. Not not Philip McCravis. What was his name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you knew how to uh, right? I'll go back and look uh, during one of your monologues. But, I'll but, find but, it. But but he had a he had a new pace top, and so I really have to discount this horse is coming in from Remington Park after last year. Uh, Tom Tom's Ready is an off the pace style runner that I'm not sure that this kind of race is going to be suited here. California, you know, uh, Santa Anita just doesn't favor these deep closers except when you're looking at turf. Uh, Vijack apparently scratched. Right. And yeah, well, they, they, they want him to go to the mile, but he's on the outside there. But with everyone else's preference, he should get in. So, yeah, I wouldn't uh-huh. expect him in the dirt mile. Yeah, so beating Dortmund will be a challenge, but uh, I'm certainly going to try to do it. And I'm not going to single Dortmund. No. Yeah, I think he'll be too short. And, uh, you know, look, even if you're against Songbird and the distaff, which we'll get to, uh, the alternatives are so obvious, uh, you know, with Dortmund. I, I'm still, I'm still just not thinking you'll you'll get the value. He'd, he'd be one that'd be good to beat. Uh, juvenile uh, Phillies turf is the eighth race, uh-huh. and we go from a likely even money standout in Dortmund uh, to a race looking quickly on odds checker. We have four horses in the four to six to one range, another three. Uh-huh. Uh, on the next tier, this definitely looks to be very uh, evenly bet. Uh, a rare race for me. I'm not a big physical guy. I watch a lot of races, but just feel like my strength is, uh, you know, odds and, and playing the percentages, so to speak. But I did see Lull uh, in that Kentucky Downs race, and uh, she looked like the real deal. Didn't get the job done uh, against the Cassie horse and the Jessamine. Uh, but we probably improved our price with the runner-up, and if Kristoff can get her to improve, she fired a couple uh-huh. of 91 Christnet speed ratings, uh, and being by Warfront out of a Tisnow mare, certainly think uh, you know she'll, she'll have some growing up to do. Uh, she's one of the ones for me as a horse who won't be among the favorites, uh, but uh-huh. uh, plenty of different ways to go in this race. Uh, what caught your eye? Well, from a you know from a figure perspective. Uh, I I didn't like um, uh, hold on a sec. so from a I want to talk about with honors I think because that's my top pick um, and first from a is with honors going to be one of the favorites set? Um, you know I I didn't think so and looking at odds checker she's about ten to one so uh, okay great you know, between great. my people and, and looking okay. yeah I would I would say. Eight to one minimum because some of these good, are going to drop off, but you'll get a well, price. Good. Well, then you know, with honors, the things that I like about about this filly is first off, looking at the figures. You know, she's got basically ran three seventies, um, but her last two patterns are really good. The the second to last pattern is a turf decline line, which is which basically is a new pace top for dwarf horses. So rather than it be the fastest four furlongs, it's the slowest four furlongs with the final figure that's strong. For some reason, now they go from turf to dirt um and it looks like a you know maybe a timing thing i gotta pull up the pps and see what that race was what um that was a chandelier uh, yeah which was on dirt which was on dirt odd place to, to put her but to me it's um 
must have thought, wow, we just really have a good racehorse. We need to get a race in her. Let's get her a competitive race. I mean, that is a really, really good race. And she runs compression line. And she goes to the lead and almost holds it. So compression line is as close to, you know, it's sort of nearing a reversal. It's the step towards a reversal, which means your four furlong figure becomes closer to your final figure than it ever has before. Now the horse goes back to turf, has shown, um, well, is, you know, looks to be like more of a, a speed horse. But the, the, the part that is interesting for me, moving beyond just the figures, is... Um, She's by a young dam who raced three times without a win, but the, but the horse's grand dam is Dreaming of Anna. And Dreaming of Anna won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, uh, right? And Dreaming of Anna had two other graded stakes uh, offspring. So the fact that the grand dam came back and won the same race, albeit on dirt, tells me that this horse has that kind of uh, bloodline on the mother's side to be able to do, do, do something like this, which is really a rare thing. So that's a big nod in her favor. And also the figures tell me with honor is likely to improve. She's got tactical speed. They're going a mile. There's some value there for me with, with honors. Yeah. And I, I can't uh, fault you. And the chandelier, uh, you know, they don't really have a, well, they don't have a great at stakes, prep for the Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita. They have uh, the, the Surfer Girl, uh, which is ungraded. Um, so, I, you know, they could see why they would want to take a shot. And if she had won there, all of a sudden maybe you have a champion potential by Warfront. Um, so, you know, but they show up here, which is a, a great one as well. So uh, the, the compression line's interesting on the switch to, to dirt as well. Uh, anything on the yeah. European horses? Yeah, let me give you a couple things on the European horses. Roly Poly, um, the dam made over a million dollars, and four hundred and fifty thousand is a two-year-old. Uh, she also ran third in the Breeders' Cup filly and mare turf. Uh, one sibling was no good, but Roly Poly has the breeding again. The dam says that they can run at this level. I think Spainberg is interesting. The dam made one hundred eighty thousand. Um, the last race with. Uh, Spainberg was a straightaway, and the horse ran really well, incredibly green, but uh, and was ridden out, so that's interesting. Uh, victory to victory, the dam made a uh, half million dollars and was a champion turf filly in Canada, but the sibling was no good. So, you know, you, you have a, a quality dam, but then maybe you have some sibs aren't any good. You have sibs that are really good, but a crap dam, and just trying to find that right mix is ideal. But for me, if I see either a dam or a sib that's made half a million and ran in the Breeders' Cup, I upgrade that horse. That's the start and stop for it. Makes sense. All right. Uh, we'll know more about the, the field and where everyone went next week. They draw on Monday. Yep. Uh, so we'll update any opinions then. That does get us uh, to the main event uh, for Friday, and some would say really over both days, I given the so, presence yeah. of... Uh, yeah, undefeated champion Songbird taking right. on elders for the first time. Those elders include last year's three-year-old Philly champion Stellar Win, the three-year-old champion Philly from two years, or excuse me, three years ago, uh, Beholder, uh, Grade One winner on the Chatterbox, Grade One winner Forever Unbridled, Carolina and Karina Mia are still thinking about this spot. Uh, really, anyone you would want in here except Cavorting uh, is here. She's uh, been retired. 
but certainly, uh, like the Dirt Mile, Songbird will be a heavy favorite, as Dortmund will be. Uh, she's one to two in Las Vegas. She's four to five on odds checker. I think mm-hmm. she'll be even money or six to five here in the states. And uh, I'll cut out the drama. I know you're against her. Well, I, I I am against her, and it's as much because of the field as it is knocking her. But um, okay, so. The thing I can tell you about Songbird, which is the most concerning for me, is her her lifetime top is 78.5, and that was in last year at the Breeders' Cup. Um, but all of her races are 74, 75, 76, which is like two points slower than the rest of these have run. It, it, there's a big gap in final figures forever, you know, I would say Carlina, Forever Unbridled, Beholder, I'm a Chatterbox, and Stellar Wind have all run faster multiple times recently. So when I see five horses that have potentially that have run faster than Songbird has ever run, it, I start thinking, well, like, well, Songbird can be good, but you've got five other horses that on their best day can beat Songbird. And you have to, I would have to think that one of them will be on their best day. And I, because of that reason, that I really make Songbird as a vulnerable, vulnerable favor here. Now, I'm trying to beat Dortmund, but I have no, 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 uh, you know, no real position in that race. I'm probably not going to do much in that race. This race, however, I am going to take a position against Songbird. I mean, that last race was 77 off of 74, the lifetime final figure is there at Keeneland at 78 and a half. But if you look at Stellar Wind, Stellar Wind ran 78.5 with a new pace top last out race. Um, Chatterbox ran 78.3, a really fast race. One back, Forever Brighter ran 77, and then before that, 79. Carlina ran 78.2, and Beholder ran almost 79. So you have all of these final figures, and you've got Songbird, who's run at most 77. If she improves, like, if she runs her lifetime top, which would be 79, and I don't think these Phillies can go 80, one of the five that we mentioned has to run their lifetime top, and at least you have a competitive race coming down. So uh, because of all of that, I'm troubled by making Songbird such a big favorite. Well, you're not, you're not alone. Uh, it's certainly been uh, the common refrain uh, leading up to the, the Breeders' Cup is how, how well others have, have performed in addition to her, uh, certainly all the ones. Are interesting. Uh, what's your take on the argument uh, that some of Songbird supporters have that she just hasn't had to run that fast, uh-huh. that we haven't seen her her best? Yeah, it's fair. Absolutely fair. And and it might be the case. It might be the case. And if you know, it's like um, she's going to have to prove it and run that race here, and likely she can do it. I just wouldn't make her an even money or six to five shot or four to five shot. I mean, you know, she probably got a right. one and three shot to win the race. Um, but yeah, you know, that that's the rub. You're, you're, you know, if you believe in the numbers, you are you're you're betting on the come and the even money. That's a lot scarier than you know in some circumstances like 
maybe Arrowgate, who we'll get to uh, when we talk about the classic next yeah. week. But you know, you're you'll get three to one on. So right. Well, there's no question uh, she's the best three-year-old filly in the country. I mean, nobody's going to de- deny her that. But she hasn't raced against any of these horses before, Ed. And you know, it's like she's coming out, and she's she's going to be against five horses. She's going to have to fight off five horses that are older and proven to run at least as good as she is. So she's going to get front, you know, she's going to get pressed on the front. She's going to get uh, challengers in the middle, and there will be comers at the end. And the thing about Stellar Wind, and I move outside one, Stellar Wind's on a 78.5 new pace top. And, you know, Stellar Wind has one new pace top, historically speaking, and it was a forward move of three points. I mean, you cannot discount a new pace top uh in, the, in this race, and, and Stellar Wynn, like we all forget about last year, Stellar Wynn was closing like a freight train, and, you know, for the first show, the horse rallied off the pace and lost by a nose. Um, you know, then she comes back against Beholder, beats her twice, and, um, you know, looking at Beholder, I actually think Beholder's on a regression line. We call it a cyclical pace top, but to me, this is a... Uh, <clears throat> She's got one, two, three, four, five. She's five races deep into a cyclical pace top, which is a little much for me. Her last cyclical pace top, she regressed four points, three points rather. So I'm not so fond of Beholder. Hopefully Beholder will take money. Um, I think you mentioned to me earlier in the week you thought Forever Unbridled was a horse that could improve. Is that right? Uh, Well, I, I mean, I don't know about improve, but she's certainly the one – uh, I am a songbird believer, um, which is not to say I'm in a better to win, but for me, uh, forever unbridled. Like, if, if to me, if I'm going to try to beat songbird at even money, I don't want the universal second choice or third choice, which is stellar win. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to swing for the fences and take a two-time Grade One winner and forever unbridled at twenty to one. Well, if look, if you if you do the sort online and you do the average four furlong sort and you do the last four furlong sort, just looking at the last four furlongs, uh, Songbird ran 72, Beholder and Stellar Wind both ran 77. So that's five lengths in front, the four lengths in front. If you look at the average four furlongs over the lifetime of both of the, of all these fillies, Songbird and Karina Mia are tied at 74.9. So whether you sort last race or historical speaking, Songbird is going to have a company on the front end. And I actually thought that Ama Chatterbox's last race was really good, and she's in very good shape. And Larry Jones is, is one of the better trainers when it comes to these fillies. So <clears throat> if Songbird is, wins this race, I mean, she's going to be I – mean, she, she could have a chance at, at Horse of the Year at him. And this is really a, a very difficult spot for her to be in, I think. Yeah, well, she she might get help uh, with Karina Mia and Carolina both uh, going to the Philly and Mare Sprint. Right. Uh, we'll know for sure on on Monday. Uh huh. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that. So what you're looking but, at is one, two, three, uh, so seven horses in yeah, there. Yeah, that that definitely. What's that? Is that for sure? I, I would be shocked if both of them were in the distaff, um, and it's far more likely that neither will be. Uh, than both, um, we'll mm-hmm. probably see one go to the. Not, and they're different trainers, so I don't make, mean to make it sound like that's the decision. But um, uh-huh. 
Yeah, I think, you know, it's a matter of they only have to be a couple to cash a check in the distaff, but either one of them would be a bigger favorite in the Philly and Mare Sprint. So, yeah, right, some right. decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, those are the four races uh, running thin on time, but they are the four, they are a pick four. Uh, strategy wise, have you thought about what, uh, which race is sort of your hook that you feel like you're going to have to get right if you hit this pick four? Well, I'm keying in on the last on the last race. I'm going to take a stand against Beholder, and I'm, at this point, I'm going to use Stellar Wind, maybe Forever Unbridled. I'm sorry, Beach Songbird. I'm going to use Stellar Wind as my main play, and maybe I'm a Chatterbox and Forever Unbridled. But um, forgetting just forgetting about Songbird for uh, a moment, I think Stellar Stellar Wind is on. Uh, a tremendous line with a new pay stop. So to me, that's like a real standout runner, regardless of the regardless of the competition. Now, the um, value play picks have Songbird is too slow, <laughs> which I'm not sure is right either, Ed. But somewhere in between <laughs> too slow and losing losing by a nose to Stellar Wind is what I'm hoping for. Um. If you cash on Sutherland, it doesn't matter how far back it is uh, to the other one. So, uh, but a, a fantastic race, uh, I think. Uh, I'd be I'd be shocked if if we're disappointed. Uh, I mean, if Songbird loses, her backers would be disappointed. But uh, yep. you know, I think any of any of the other likely winners could pop something special. So, looking forward to to seeing how it plays out, and we'll both be there. Excellent, and I'll catch up with you next week. All right, yep, we'll talk offline, get a schedule for some other opinions, uh, but that's uh, Danny Zucker from Predictiform. Thanks, Ed. Uh, Predictiform.com already has uh, pre-entry numbers up, and we'll, of course, update uh, Tuesday morning with the full cards from Santa Anita on Friday and Saturday. Uh, great information, uh, brisnet.com slash bc. We'll have the traditional past performances, so check that out for you when you wager on Twin Spires. Uh, so lots of good information out there. Links are in the description on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.